It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To be loved, that I thought you had better continue to be loved for a little longer. And perhaps having helped you once by dropping a letter, I was charmed by the ease with which you could be helped. For you must know that I am one who has chosen the easy way for more than twenty years. She shook her head and smiled. On my soul, I assured her, I can think of no other reason. A kind heart, said she. More likely a whim, said I. Or another woman, said she. I was very much taken aback. More than twenty years ago, she said with a soft huskiness in her voice, and a tremor and a sweetness, as if she did not know that in twenty years all love stories are grown mouldy. On my honour as a soldier, this explanation of my early solicitude for Mary was one that had never struck me. But the more I pondered it now, I raised her hand and touched it with my lips, as we whimsical old fellows do when some gracious girl makes us to hear the key in the lock of long ago. Why, ma'am, I said, it is a pretty notion, and there may be something in it. Let us leave it at that. But there was still that accursed dedication, lying, you remember, beneath the blotting pad. I had no longer any desire to crush her with it. I wished that she had succeeded in writing the book, on which her longings had been so set. If only you had been less ambitious, I said, much troubled that she should be disappointed in her heart's desire. I wanted all the dear delicious things, she admitted contritely. It was unreasonable, I said eagerly, appealing to her intellect, especially this last thing. Yes, she agreed frankly, I know. And then to my amazement she added triumphantly, but I got it. I suppose my look admonished her, for she continued apologetically, but still, as if she really thought hers had been a romantic career. I know I have not deserved it, but I got it. Oh, ma'am, I cried reproachfully, reflect. You have not the great thing. I saw her counting the great things in her mind, her wondrous husband and his obscure success, David, Barbara, and the other trifling contents of her jewel-box. I think I have, said she. Come, madam, I cried, a little nettled. You know that there is lacking the one thing you craved for most of all. Will you believe me that I had to tell her what it was? 
and when I had told her, she exclaimed with extraordinary callousness, The book! I had forgotten all about the book. And then, after reflection, she added, Pooh! Had she not added Pooh, I might have spared her, but as it was, I raised the blotting pad rather haughtily and presented her with the sheet beneath it. What is this? she asked. Ma'am, said I, swelling, it is a dedication, and I walked majestically to the window. There is no doubt that presently I heard an unexpected sound, yet if indeed it had been a laugh, she clipped it short, for in almost the same moment she was looking large-eyed at me and tapping my sleeve impulsively with her fingers, just as David does when he suddenly likes you. How characteristic of you, she said at the window. Characteristic, I echoed uneasily. Ha! Huh. And how kind. Did you say kind, ma'am? But it is I who have the substance, and you who have the shadow, as you know very well, said she. Yes, I had always known that this was the one flaw in my dedication, but how could I have expected her to have the wit to see it? I was very depressed. And there is another mistake, said she. Excuse me, ma'am, but that is the only one. It was never of my little white bird I wanted to write, she said. I looked politely incredulous, and then indeed she overwhelmed me. It was of your little white bird, she said. It was of a little boy whose name was Timothy. She had a very pretty way of saying Timothy, so David and I went into another room to leave her alone with the manuscript of this poor little book. And when we returned, she had the greatest surprise of the day for me. She was both laughing and crying, which was no surprise, for all of us would laugh and cry over a book about such an interesting subject as ourselves. But said she, How wrong you are in thinking this book is about me and mine. It is really all about Timothy. At first I deemed this to be uncommon nonsense, but as I considered, I saw that she was probably right again, and I gazed crestfallen at this very clever woman. And so, said she, clapping her hands after the manner of David, when he makes a great discovery, it proves to be my book after all. With all your pretty thoughts left out, I answered, properly humbled. She spoke in a lower voice as if David must not hear. I had only one pretty thought for the book, she said. I was to give it a happy ending. She said this so timidly that I was about to melt to her when she added with extraordinary boldness, the little white bird was to bear an olive leaf in its mouth. For a long time she talked to me earnestly of a grand scheme on which she had set her heart, and ever and anon she tapped on me as if to get admittance for her ideas. I listened respectfully, smiling at this young thing for carrying it so motherly to me. And in the end I had to remind her that I was forty-seven years of age. It is quite young for a man, she said brazenly. My father, said I, was not forty-seven when he died, and I remember thinking him an old man. 
"'But you don't think so now, do you?' she persisted. "'You feel young occasionally, don't you? "'Sometimes when you are playing with David in the gardens, "'your youth comes swinging back, does it not?' "'Mary A.' I cried, grown afraid of the woman. I forbid you to make any more discoveries today. But still she hugged her scheme, which I doubt not was what had brought her to my rooms. They are very dear women, said she coaxingly. I am sure, I said, they must be dear women if they are friends of yours. They are not exactly young, she faltered, and, and perhaps they are not very pretty. But she had been reading so recently about the darling of my youth that she halted abashed at last, feeling, I apprehend, a stop in her mind against proposing this thing to me, in those presumptuous days, had thought to be content with nothing less than the loveliest lady in all the land. My thoughts had reverted also, and for the last time my eyes saw the little hut through the pinewood haze. I met Mary there, and we came back to the present together. I have already told you, reader, that this conversation took place no longer ago than yesterday. Very well, ma'am, I said, trying to put a brave face on it. I will come to your tea parties, and we shall see what we shall see. It was really all she had asked for, but now that she had got what she wanted of me, the foolish soul's eyes became wet. She knew so well that the youthful romances are the best. It was now my turn to comfort her. In twenty years, I said, smiling at her tears, a man grows humble, Mary. I have stored within me a great fund of affection, with nobody to give it to, and I swear to you, on the word of a soldier, that if there is one of those ladies who can be got to care for me, I shall be very proud." Despite her semblance of delight, I knew that she was wondering at me, and I wondered at myself, but it was true. End of chapter 26 End of The Little White Bird by J. M. Barry.